This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hey, everybody, it's head coach of this Naked Mind, Scott Pinyard, and I am back with another but different version of coaching questions. So we're going to change up the format a little bit. Um, and one of the things that I've really wanted to do for a long time is talk to some of our incredible certified coaches, uh, talk to them about what they do, who they, how they work, and just what they see out there. We're going to continue to answer questions. So every podcast is going to have that, but we're going to add in uh, a, a special co-host every week. And this week, my special co-host is Carla Adkins. Hey, Carla, how are you? Hey, I'm so good. And I really am. I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be fun. I have been looking forward to this conversation um, because one of the things you specialize in, and I'll let you talk about it in a second, but one of the things you specialize in is anxiety. Um, And particularly like anxiety over health. And I can't tell you how many questions I get about that. So I was like, ah, we've got someone who knows this stuff inside and out. So I was really excited. So why don't we start with the idea to just tell us your story, right? How, how did you come to become a coach? What is your alcohol story? would love to hear some of that. Absolutely. Well, I don't want to take up the whole time with my alcohol story because it is quite involved, but I will just say in general, you know, um, when I was younger and probably started in high school is when my anxiety really started to ramp up. And, and then in college, it just, it just skyrocketed, you know, it's just, it was the classic anxiety panic attacks where I really started to avoid certain things. Grocery stores were hard for me. Every, when I look back now, I look back and I mean, every day was hard, you know, and that's when I could see, see this connection being made in my brain of going, oh, but I don't feel like that when I'm drinking. I don't. So it was this, this path being formed in my head of, well, alcohol helps me with this. And, and obviously that was reinforced by the, you know, or just our culture in general. Um, So I could see that now is where that's where the self-medication started. And obviously then in a time too, where you just think I'm in college, I'm supposed to be drinking. I'm supposed, this is, I mean, I'm, I'm crazy if I'm not just that again, culture mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, And then obviously it's, it's, it just became a pattern and things really um, started to get a lot worse. And so I drank more. It was just this constant drinking more, um, anxiety was rising. I still never made the connection that that alcohol was actually, you know, like gasoline throwing on like a, that little flame and yeah. no idea. And no one talked to me about it. Nobody oh, talked to solution, me about it. it's right? It's not the, it's not the yeah. cause. What are you thinking? <laughs> yes. And I went to counselor after counselor, just really, it was, I just thought it was who I was. And it was just, that was my story. I mm-hmm. was, I was a person that was anxious that had panic attacks. And, um, Anyway, fast forward, it obviously that just continued and my body just honestly just couldn't take it anymore. And I am one of it's seven years ago, my body just said, I can't do it. So I went into acute liver failure, which is, you know, one of those things that 
sadly in our world is actually happening more and more to people. It's something that people get really shocked by it, including myself, obviously when it happened, because it's not one of those that, you know, people are telling you time after time, you know, you got to stop drinking. Something's going to happen. Got to stop drinking. I didn't have those warnings. You know, it was truly, um, it, it just, my body just stopped. And Scott, that acute liver failure is happening more and more. Um, the rates have doubled um, over the past few years. And actually those rates have increased in the age group that it's happening in is decreasing. I so was gonna say that. Yeah, one of the things that freaked me out in my journey, I quit drinking when I was 35, was reading an article about someone who was 35 who had like full on cirrhosis. Mm -hmm. And my head, that was always, that was like something down the road, right? Yeah. And I was shocked to learn that. Yeah, and again, and that is, you know, that's my story. It is, mm -hmm. it is. And that's something that I have really had to work on because when we hear the word cirrhosis, we just, we have a picture that's painted in our head just like we do with the drinker that's gone too far. Like, well, that person though, they were really taking it to a different level. And what I learned, I was so, so blessed to have some really amazing physicians that really took their time to help me understand like yeah. what happened? Like, how does this happen? I was working last week, you know, and mm -hmm. this week I am, I'm fighting for my life. And so, you know, it's, it's so hard for physicians too, because everybody responds differently to alcohol. We all, you know, might have some underlying things that go on in our body. And the thing is, it's, it's the word cirrhosis is we have this picture of this old, really down and out on the streets person. It's not the picture anymore. Yeah, You know, and that, you know, because that's me, it is my official diagnosis of, you know, cirrhosis. And I have to tell you, it was, I stopped drinking for a long time and I'll be honest, it was coaches training that had me really start to open that door and talk about it because I found that it was a lot easier to talk about, okay, my anxiety and alcohol, because that was a lot more socially acceptable. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't even, I, I call it the C word in my house. I didn't yeah. even talk about it talk and about it. it was avoidance. But the thing is we have to, there's, we have to start telling people it's just, it doesn't look like that. That's not always real life. And, and the numbers are showing it. The studies right. are showing it and it's scary. And I was talking with my physician just last week about, you know, cause she knows, what I'm doing and, and she's so excited about it, but she said, you would not believe the amount of people in just our area and they are young. They are young and they have liver disease. And, but the positive thing is, is that, you know, you can do something about it. Mm -hmm. um, what I always like to say to people is, you know, cause you'll see people immediately say, oh, you're, you know, the liver, it regenerates, it does it. And they're really quick to say that, which is yeah. true. It is, listen, it is an amazing organ, but I'm also here to tell you, we can't live without it. So we <laughs> need to treat it well. And, um, so it's important to start paying attention and not put your head in the sand and really, because if, 
look at me. I have that diagnosis and I don't walk around, you know, like a sick yeah. person. I just have to take really, I take really good care of myself and, um, you know, really pay attention to what I put in my body. And there's so much that you can do. And that's the huge positive. But the first thing that we really need to remove is the alcohol. So, okay. yeah, but I, in my coaching, I, I stopped you. I always tell that story. I, I, <laughs> I wrote to you and I was mm -hmm. like, okay, because I was coaching at that point, but I, you know, I, I had gotten a certification, but it, listen, it didn't, it was just to have a certification behind my name. It didn't really, it wasn't aligned with my journey. When I found this naked mind and I think it was over me Googling like, okay, so, you know, just all my thoughts, like, but I'm not an alcoholic. I know I don't drink like all those things. Was, and then I found this naked mind by kind of just researching that way. And I couldn't get enough of it. I was like, finally had the answers of why, like, where did my anxiety go? I really, I can't believe the difference in how I am. Like, and there was the answer, you know, the science behind it was what I really needed. But also like, the this naked mind methodology of the taking it to freedom, taking it to mastery. Yeah. yeah. It was my story. Like, and so yeah. that's why I stopped you. And I was like, okay, when are you going to train people on this? Because I want to be legitimate and actually I don't want to copy what you do. I want to be trained by it. So yeah. um, you reached out when you finally, you know, opened up the doors for coaching and I jumped on and here I am. That's so awesome. And I'm really glad you did jump on. Yeah. Um, so you're a coach now. Talk to me a little bit about who and how you coach. You know, that's a good question because that has really morphed into something different. And you guys actually talked a lot about this when we're in training, but I, at first I wanted anybody and everybody I, I wanted, you know, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just want to help. I want to find people and I want to help. So but what I've learned in my coaching is, and I really do try and do um, a session beforehand where we interview each other, mm -hmm. um, you know, because it's a mutual thing. It yes. really is. It's not yeah. just me saying, okay, I, um, you know, I don't think I'm really right for you. I, I might not be right for you. You may not be right for me, but it's mutual. And I know I'm not doing that person any favors if I just take them on. It's so good. Just take them on. And because I know that there, there's another coach out there that can. So I really do try and point people in the right direction. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, right now I'm doing some group coaching, um, really helping people find themselves. Okay, I've kind of stopped. So now what, you know, like, what do I do? And trying to, it's, we, we kind of go through a process of getting to know ourselves again after we stop. And yeah. so, you know, it's like, who am I? Why do I, you know, like, who am I this alcohol free person? And I'll be honest, it's a really cool journey. So doing that, but I really do love to incorporate then I, and I will say this, I'll never get tired of doing small group alcohol experiments. They are just so much fun. They're, are they not? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's people just, when you get to see people get, have those, mind blown moments. Like see, like it, I'll never tire of that. And so I love doing that in groups because I do think there is that component of the group support and knowing that they're not alone. Um, 
And then, you know, then I can really throw in, you know, my tools and tactics um, specifically on anxiety. And that's what I really like because a lot of times it's not, it, it helps removing alcohol is step one. You'll find yourself calmer and you'll find yourself ready to be able to, some people are like, listen, my anxiety has gone, but some people won't. Yeah. But the key is then other methods will finally work. Um, I, I was coaching one person and she said it so beautifully. She was like, you know, I wonder how many things actually really would have worked for me if I had given it a chance. I never gave it a chance because I was drinking the whole time. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like me laughing at people telling me to breathe better. Well, I laughed at it because I was never going to give that a chance while I was still using alcohol first. So um, it is, it's important for people to know there, there is a huge difference anxiety wise, just generally over the body when you stop drinking. But then if you continue to struggle with it, there's amazing tools. And that's where I love to do some groups um, around that as well. That is awesome. Uh, people are lucky to have you. It's really interesting to me that journey, right? That journey from I'm stuck, I'm stuck. Oh, wait, I'm not stuck. Now what? You know, and it's been a lot of the material we've been putting together at this Naked Mind too for like so helping people like continue that growth journey. Um, awesome. So I have uh, a few questions uh, okay. and I handpicked them from our very large list of questions. We had people writing in all the time asking us questions. Um, and so I grabbed a few of them that um, I think are relevant really to the anxiety and sort of the health realm. So I'm just going to read them and we can chat about them. So here is question number one. I'll let you answer first. I have a tendency to like jump on these answers I and I, I'm, I have to pull back a little bit. All right, here we go. Okay. I'm a very anxious person. I feel like alcohol is holding that at bay. Each time I've tried in the past, I notice that my anxiety goes through the roof. I've done therapy and tried things like meditation. I feel like anxiety is the thing holding me back from actually taking the step I know I need to take with alcohol. What can I do to make this process better for me? Oh gosh. I feel like that was me writing in um, years ago. I'm not kidding. Like it, um, it I, I truly do. So first I just want, I hope that person knows that I get it. Cause anxiety is, um, I always, I wrote a blog once and saying anxiety needs a different name because mm -hmm. anxiety is normal. Like anxiety is there to help us. It's a natural thing that our body does to prep us and be like, Hey, heads up. <laughs> something's coming. Um, however, anxiety, when it shifts into an anxiety disorder, you know, where it's, it's basically like your alarm clock, but it's going off at the wrong time and all the time, um, is it's Scott, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Um, and I have been away from it from, for a while, but, um, you know, I've talked to you some about my public speaking and how, scared to death I am of it, but I had a huge panic attack a couple of years ago. And I think it was almost a good thing because it brought back my empathy around the subject mm -hmm. because one anxiety attack. And I'm telling you like the rest of the day, I felt like I'd been hit by a truck Yeah, because your body is in fight or flight. It's going through all these things and it, you know, it's, it's exhausting afterwards. And so that is really hard. And if I, um, 
really could guess. I'm just, I would love to know how long, if this person has stopped drinking, how long they actually have. And you have to give your body some time. We always have to think about how long was I actually drinking? And then how long have I actually removed it? You're going to go through a readjustment period, but just naturally what alcohol does period um, by firing off that alarm system, because basically your body naturally goes, whoa, a depressant's on board. I need to throw off a stimulant here to, you know, rebalance the ship per se. Yes. And so it, it is going to make you anxious at the end of the day, you know, initially, no, initially you have that kind of down period. And I think that's maybe what this person might be holding on to because initially you feel relief, mm-hmm. you know, but then afterwards you get the payback and that is just how our bodies work and not just individuals bodies. It's, our body in general, like humans, how we respond. And um, so I would say the number one step is to really realize, give it time and work with people that do know, like, because anxiety can stick around and you want to get, you want to, you want to place yourself around someone that says, I get it, but let's work with it and not saying, Hey, just get over it or just relax. I, whenever people would tell me just relax, I'd want to punch them in the throat. I know I felt the same way. And you know, one of the things I recommend to people in this position, um, there's nothing as powerful as getting one of our beliefs changed, not from a coach talking to them, not from reading a book, although that's also very powerful, but from our own experience. And so one of the things that, um, I recommend people do who are in this position is if they're still drinking, sit down before they're going to drink for the evening, be very clear. What am I looking for? Right. And you'll probably have a list. You'll probably, you know, and it might include things like take the edge off or feel better. Um, but be very clear with yourself. Like this is the reason. And again, it's no, no blame, no shame, but it's the idea of, all right, I'm going to be a scientist in my own life. I'm going to conduct an experiment on myself. So write down what that is and then have that first drink and then wait 10 minutes and then write down, did it get better? And some of those things will get better. As you point out, like our brain literally slows down. And so our ability to process those thoughts that make us anxious, it doesn't happen as fast and furious, Um, but keep going, right? So if you say after 10 minutes, you write down how you're feeling, write down again, how you're feeling after 20 minutes, right? Write down how you're feeling after an hour. And if you keep that up, you can see for yourself, I mean, we can tell you till we're blue in the face, but for yourself, um, that what will happen is yes, there will, there may be a, a, a period of time where you feel better, but it is short. It is normally 20 to 30 minutes. And then you're going to be chasing that way that you felt 20 minutes ago for the rest of the night. Um, and it's about being aware and it's about saying, this is what I want. And then seeing if you actually get it, you know, I, it's, it's a lot like, um, it's a lot like ordering something from Amazon. Like, I used this analogy the other day. It's like, do you ever order something from Amazon and you open the box and it's the wrong thing? Well, yeah, if you do that, you send it back, right? You don't go like, ah, well, you know what? I kind of wanted something like this. No, you're like, get out of here and, you know, and get the thing here. It's the same thing with alcohol, getting really clear with ourselves on like, what are we looking for? And getting maybe a little bit underneath that idea of, I don't want to be anxious like describing a little bit more what that feels like and then seeing if that's what we actually get 
that is one of the most powerful ways I know for people to start to change their thinking because they realize what they're expecting isn't what's happening. Um, and that makes such a big difference. I'm it's curious, hard. Carla, after you know this question, I, when you were going through this, how did you deal with that anxiety? Um, once I had stopped drinking. Once you had stopped, yeah, that, that bridge time where it's like, oh, I got to figure out some new tools here. Yeah, I tell people all the time, like, you know, one, I always, the first step is become an observer. Become like your own little private investigator in your life because we can't fix what we don't know. Yes. Um, and so I really, and, and again, this, I did this because I had someone tell me to do it. So, and so I became an observer and I really kind of came into cue, like, what was my, what did I feel anxious when I woke up? Did I feel anxious? You know, was it when I started thinking certain thoughts? Was it, when was it? Was it when my phone rang? I mean, all those little details. So get to know yourself. When did you, when do you start to feel anxious and what was happening at that time, you know, when you did feel anxious. And then that's when I really got into a lot of work around observing my thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and again, I can think back to really good therapists that I'd been to, you know, sitting in there and them telling me they could hear those thoughts that I was telling myself. Um, and calling me out on it, but I just didn't think anything of it. But once again, I hadn't removed step one. I hadn't removed any alcohol yet. Yeah. But I had no idea that how much power those thoughts going through my head, how you know, had on my body. And so um, really working around how many automatic negative thoughts, catching them. And then just like you said, there's nothing more powerful. I can talk about this all day, but until someone like practices this and feels that physical relief when they say, oh, that's not true. And they feel then their body respond. Yeah. That's when we start to see some change yes. because they're like, oh, okay. This thing works that she's talking about, you know? And so I do that to myself, Scott, all the time. Mm -hmm. So, and so now with anxiety, I really, a lot of times catch it at the feel. So I catch it, that feeling we all kind of know, we all like feel it inside. It feels a certain way for each of us. And I'll catch that feeling. I'm like, whoa, I recognize that. Again, it's about being in tune and aware. And then I'll ask myself, what was I just thinking? What was I just watching? Yes. What was I just seeing? And almost 100% of the time, I can tie it back to a thought that I had. And that work is really, really powerful. And so that's some of my favorite work to do because they, they can see the results in that really quickly. So I, and I still do it. I still do it all the time. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. It's a forever thing for sure. It's a forever, for sure. It's really interesting too. I do an exercise uh, sometimes. Uh, I don't coach one-on-one -on -one anymore, but when I coach groups, sometimes what I'll do is I will do an exercise where I have them think a really negative thought, like really something terrible and figure out what they're feeling. And then I switch it up and I'm like, think a really good thought. Think of the happiest moment in your life and take them through that journey just to show them that like their emotions are completely tied to their thoughts and that they can change them like that. And it's such yeah. an eye-opening moment, so. Uh, I do the same thing and it's not a fun, um, it is not a fun exercise because- no, it's fun when it's it. over. <laughs> and it's like, you know that it's not true. You know it's irrational. Yeah. You know, cause you're in the moment, you just made it up in your head. 
So, but to see then that your body is having a physical response to something that is, you, you just made this thing up in your head and to see that and see, oh, how your, your stomach will do a flip flop over just an irrational thought. And then the power of that is it's, it's not a fun exercise, but it's a powerful one. And so, yeah. because some people, it's hard for them to connect that yes. a thought could actually make them feel that bad. Exactly. And, yeah. and then recognizing that and then realizing, oh, wait, we can change those thoughts. Yeah. That's how someone like the person who wrote in this question can get out of that loop, right? This belief that like, I can't deal with anxiety without alcohol. Like that's one of the things that's causing pain. And that's one of the things I think is so great about coaching is that we can identify that and be like, hey, what about this? What about that? Um, awesome. Yeah. Seeing things through a different lens. It's just really powerful. So yes. yeah. Yes. All right, let's go on to question number two. Uh, question number two, hi there. It's day 17 now. Congratulations on day 17. Nice. Um, I can't believe it. Anyway, I listened uh, to a live on health effects the other night and I started my own inconclusive research. I'm a little bit scared because from what I've heard, a lot of these liver specific issues don't show up until it's too late. So I have one question for you. What exactly is fatty liver? Will I have symptoms? And how long, here it is, Carla, how long until the liver repairs itself? Is there anything we should do to give it a hand? Thank you. Well, listen, the first thing that they're doing is they're on day 17. Yeah. I mean, listen, that is the first thing that you can do to um, give your liver a break and be very nice and gentle to it, you know, is, is removing alcohol. So congratulations for doing that. And I think it's important then to, to really do research. And, and again, if we ever are talking about the liver, I, first thing I always do is encourage people to talk to their healthcare professional. Yes. We avoid it so much. And I, I want, I want to tell you, you're most likely going to be very pleasantly surprised at the results that you get, you know, but there's so much um, power and knowledge in just mm -hmm. knowing and mm -hmm. then having them on your side. And believe me, if you go in and say, I'm on day 17 or on, they're going to be pumped and they're going to want to partner partner with you in this. Yeah. What I, I don't want people to make the mistake I made. What I did was I was so scared of it. Yes. Because I knew, I knew that my drinking obviously was not good. I knew that it was bad and I was so afraid and I just wanted to fix it on my own first. Yeah. Um, is, you know, I just wanted to bury my head in the sand and that was honestly almost a fatal mistake on my part. And so yeah. I always tell people, um, don't avoid your physician. If you're not comfortable talking to them, you know, find someone that you are because, you know, having a partnership there is important. Um, and also then they'll be able to tell you, you have your starting point of where are you at? Where's your blood work? Where are you, you know, how are things going on in there type of thing? Um, and then when it comes to fatty liver, fatty liver is, um, there's alcoholic, there's, there's alcohol induced fatty liver, liver, I believe. I always try and avoid the word alcoholic because it drives me crazy so much. So, but, <laughs> but then there's also fatty liver. There's a lot of genetic things that can play um, in the picture when it comes to your liver. And again, it's why it's important to, 
partner with a healthcare provider so they can let you know the difference and let you know what's going on. Yes. Um, because you do, you want to be careful. And this is where I always want to give people a heads up too. whenever they want to detox or be nice to their liver. Please know that marketing companies, those are like trigger words. So you're going to get all of a sudden sent every pill, you name it, a supplement, things like that, that are good for your liver and help detox them. And I really, truly want to caution you of that. Um, it's one thing that my physician taught me. She's like, you know, it, you, you just never know truly what's in certain products these days. And if we really want to be kind to our liver, we can just start with whole food and removing alcohol. Huge huge and yeah. that's it and i can't agree enough with contacting your doctor mm -hmm. um i know that i i did not have any um indication of liver significant liver damage um but i was so scared and i got stuck in an anxiety loop kind of like a hypochondric hypochondriac i don't know how you say that word hypochondriatic i don't know anyway but i got stuck in this loop where i would google symptoms uh, and I would Google like symptoms of liver disease and it would cause a massive amount of anxiety. And then, you know, we have um, confirmation bias as part of the way we think. And so I remember one of them was that the palms of your hand can turn red. I spent, I am not kidding you. There was a period of probably three or four months where I was constantly, constantly looking at my hands. Yes. Right? And like one day I'd look at it and it would be red. And I would have this like just feeling of dread, like this is it, right? And then another day I would, and I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. And I would feel better. And, but I was doing all of this stuff on my own and I was reading things, you know, again, I think it's great to do research. I think we have to be really careful um, about our emotional state when we're doing that research. Um, I know a lot of people I talk to too go on message boards as opposed to something like the Mayo Clinic website. Those are very different things. Oh, very. <laughs> Yeah. And it, it can cause this anxiety to come up. So I can't agree enough, no matter what, talking to a healthcare professional, understanding where you actually stand, right? Let them do the test they're going to do, understand where you're at. That's when you can actually move forward. Everything else is an exercise in fantasy, right? You can, you can say, look, this is totally going to be me. Or you can say, you know what? I'm fine you don't know either of those things. And I think that was a big realization for me is when I realized like, oh, I'd have good days and bad days. They were both made up, right? It wasn't that I was having a good day because I was doing good and a bad day because I was doing worse. It was literally just my state of mind and other things that were going on. So actually talking to a doctor can change that equation dramatically. Absolutely. And I also wanted, I, I think this is important to talk about because a lot of times when people hear what happened to me and my liver, I will immediately get questions on how much were, were you drinking? Yeah. And um, the formula, know, give us the formula. Give us the formula. They want the formula. <laughs> and listen, I did, the, I would have done the same thing. So it's never yeah. like a judgment thing, but I always tell people I'm, I'm an open book but I've found I'm not doing anybody any favors by talking about that because it's playing the comparison game. And when we're talking about our body and our internal organs, just like the doctors taught me, yes. you know, we are all different and we're all gonna process it differently. We're all gonna respond to it differently. We don't know, some people have underlying health conditions. We don't know. And until we talk with our healthcare provider and see what's going on and have a baseline, 
then we don't know. And so I, and I, so I really, that people want the comfort because they, man, they want to hear that I was basically like shooting it in my veins and that's what got me there, you know, but it's, you know, we are all so different. And again, and that's important to, you know, talk with them. And again, blood work, simple blood work can help you figure out where you're at. And he will, the encouraging thing, part of my accountability when I stopped drinking, because I didn't, you know, I didn't go to meetings. I didn't have my people my physicians were my people, you know, they were kind of, they, I had amazing people that believed in me, but my blood work was some of my accountability. I love to see the improvement in which I will, to answer the end of that question, you will see um, results pretty quickly when it comes to your liver, your doctor will tell you, but I mean, I'm guessing that they will ask, you know, blood work again, and most likely six months, you know, just depending on where you're at. Um, For me, obviously I was a, very severe case. So that was every, every month, but every month I saw improvements and every month that was so exciting for me because that just encouraged me to eat better, feel my body better. Cause you could see the difference in my body. Um, so you will, again, you'll see results very quickly, which I think is encouraging and it's a great accountability partner. And again, I, if you don't feel like you can talk to your physician or nurse practitioner or physician's assistant, whatever it may be, then find one that you can. So awesome. All right. We are just about out of time. So I'm going to ask you a curveball question. I didn't even tell you this was coming before we recorded. I did that on purpose. Um, I think one of the things that's really powerful about what we do as coaches is coming from a place of caring and having been there. Um, And so you, Carla, I would like you to think about the person who's sitting at home, maybe having that anxiety about their liver, maybe having that uh, just anxiety in general and feeling like, I don't know what my next step is. What, if you could talk to them right now, what would be the one thing you want them to know? Oh gosh, so many things, Scott. That's a tough one. Um, I think the first, the, the main thing I would want them to know is this is not your fault. This is not your fault. There is nothing wrong with you. You are not broken. And um, if I could come give you a hug right now, I would. I would honestly, that's what I think about myself back then. I look back on the me and I want to just tell myself it's going to be okay and it can be okay. But there's nothing wrong with you. You know, it's a substance. And that was, let's look at the bottle and see what's in there and that you can do this. You can, and things can be not just okay, they can be amazing. So I hope that it, it truly is. I think you, there's a lot of um, sitting in self-blame and why can't I fix this? Why can't I do and it? It's, this is not, it doesn't have anything to do with you. It's, it's what's, what the, that substance, what that toxin is doing into your body. And um, so, and just believe in yourself because you can. That is awesome. Thank you, Carla. If yes. people want to find out more about you, what is the website they can go to? They can just go to CarlaAtkins.com. And it's Carla with a K. Carla, <laughs> Carla Atkins, A-D-K. Because then people always think they associate the Atkins diet with my last name, but it's not. Yes. So, so it's we'll, in, we'll include a link in the show notes too. Carla, okay. thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It was great talking to you. Scott, this was amazing. Thank you. All right. And thank you all for listening. We will be back next month with another edition of Coaching Questions. Take care. 
Hi, I'm so excited, you guys, because we are just about to start another live alcohol experiment. And if you do not know about the alcohol experiment, you need to literally drop everything right now and go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash LAE. That's LAE for live alcohol experiment. And here's the thing. This 30-day challenge is designed to interrupt your patterns and put you back in touch with the best version of you. You know it's that version that's living the most joyful life, that version that doesn't need alcohol to relax or have a good time and that version that's having more fun and is more peaceful than ever again it's a 30-day challenge it's live it's starting on the first so hurry up go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash lab and as always rate review and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today